Hi, everybody. Mike Rothman here, General Manager of TechStrong Research. Welcome to another episode of TechStrong Research Review. I'm here joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Mitch Ashley. Mitch, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Mitch Ashley, uh, both CTO with TechStrong Group and also principal working with Mike on TechStrong Research. Great. It's Thanks. great to have you back in the States, my friend. I, I, yeah, you, you know, and, and and surprisingly enough, after spending 10 days in Asia, I'm not that jet lagged. I was able to stay up until, you know, maybe 1130 last night. I, I slept through. For the most part, I don't get, I, you know, if I get five hours of sleep at night, that's a lot uh, for me. So I was, you know, kind of up and around, you know, 435 o'clock. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hung out in bed until, you know, six, yeah. seven. You haven't seen sort of like out of pocket or wiped out. No, or, you know, and, like and, and that's the thing. And that's kind of the strange thing. And, you know, obviously I do a lot of international travel, always have. Um, but really it, it, it it's kind of just when you take a step back, it kind of blows your mind that, you know, kind of in the half, you know, two, three hours a day where it overlaps between when you can talk to, you know, folks in the States and when you can, you know, do stuff in Asia. You know, I mean, I just, I pick up my phone, right? It cost me 30 bucks, I think, for the international data plan, mm -hmm. uh, you know, from T-Mobile. I pick up my phone and I video with my parents or my kids from literally around the world, on the other side of the world. They look mm -hmm. like they're, you, you know, get right next to me. We're chatting it up and, um, you know, I'm showing them pictures of, you know, these exotic places. Uh, and it really is just a, a a totally different, you know, perspective. I remember going to Australia back in the, you know, kind of early or mid 90s at that point. Um, I mean, I was out of pocket, right? I had my MCI card and I was trying to find a pay phone so I could check in with my mom, right? You know, say, hey, yeah, we're okay. You know, we're kind of tooling around from that standpoint. Now, you know, again, I'm able to, to you know, kind of FaceTime with my stepfather on his 94th birthday that he had when we were away. Um, and again, it's, it's really, it's just, it, it, it really is just kind of incredible in terms of how, you know, kind of this collaboration stuff works and how the world, although is huge, right? I mean, I was on a plane for 18 hours, uh, right? The longest flight, uh, you, you know, in, in the world, uh, we did back and forth, um, but right? It's small in that, you know, again, as long as the time zones, you know, kind of match up, you know, we can really communicate pretty much at any time, regardless of where you are. I mean, it really is amazing. Sure beats that uh, internet cafe in the 56 baud modem. <laughs> getting back right. home. <laughs> check <laughs> check in your CompuServe account, right? You know, CompuServe. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. This, this not, not, to, not to date ourselves, Mitch. Yeah, um, no, no. You know, so again, great trip, you know, happy to be back and, and looking forward to, you know, again, getting back out and, and, and exploring some more because my wife would really, really love to do that. That's the thing that that drives us. Like, I don't, don't need fancy cars, don't need, you know, kind of opulence on that front, but we do love our international travel on that front. So, so you, you know, we talk on one hand, uh, right, about, you know, kind of some of these, you know, older experiences that we get and kind of having that context of how things have changed. I, I really, you know, I, I want to discuss today uh, a little bit about, you know, kind of the evolution of, of infrastructure as we move into this, you know, kind of cloud native uh, type of environment. And obviously that's something that you've spent, you know, a lot of time over the last couple of years, uh, you know, digging into and, and really studying. And now we're working with a, a client on a project to, you know, kind of understand a little bit about where, you know, kind of networking is is going to in this new, you know, age. So it was just kind of top of mind from, from my standpoint in terms of, you know, kind of the program programmability, right? In terms of, you know, kind of 
how a lot of these networks get designed, right? This, when when I do, you know, kind of cloud networking, you know, kind of uh, projects, uh, we talk about the minimum viable network, right? That's the least amount of connectivity that you need in order for the application to work because the more connectivity you have, the more attack surface you have, security best practices, you know, try to reduce attack surface wherever you can. So think about things like the minimum viable network. So all these things coming together, uh, you know, from from the perspective of really, again, this generational upgrade to, you know, how we build out uh, and, and provision the connectivity aspect of, of a lot of these new modern applications. Yeah, it's been interesting to watch the evolution because um, before working with TechStrong, I was part of a, well, part of a, a security startup and we were just in the early days of virtualization, some of it, the network. And of course, then being part of a research and running IT in that environment and watching the network go from, oh, we can use these white boxes, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we call general purpose computers and things are starting to virtualize. And this is, includes everything from just normal networks to even uh, telecom cable infrastructure out to the edge, right? All moving to software. And I remember the sort of the one of the conversation I had with my best network engineer uh, saying, well, like, what should I work on? What kind of th skills would be good for me? Do you think I should add? And I said, well, I'd, I'd take a, a, take a Python class. And he's like, what's Python? And I said, well, it's, it's a scripting language, blah, 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 blah. And here's why. And he's kind of looked at me like I had four eyes, which I did have my glasses <laughs> on. So it was, it was accurate. And then he went to a Cisco, the Cisco big conference and came back as you're right. They have this thing called DevNet. They're telling us we should learn software and how to program networks. And now the whole infrastructure, right? The, the network, and we're talking about network observability and all these software ideas and automation. You know, we called it orchestration earlier, but it, it's really it's really evolved. Um, it's kind of interesting to watch how it's involved, which maybe not quite as fast as the the infrastructure of the cloud itself, but the network seems now to really be on a, on a fast path. It is. And, and and I think from a couple of different perspectives, right? You know, at first, we kind of just use the network constructs that the cloud providers offered. So you have your VPCs or your VNets, um, you know, depending on the cloud platform that you were there, you would kind of design them based upon the structure that was there um, because it was just the way you did it, right? I mean, you were building for one cloud environment and you didn't really think about, you know, kind of other stuff. And, and now that we've moved into an, uh, a really a world where we can't assume just one cloud platform, right? And we need to be able to, you know, offer consistency in terms of, again, controlling that attack surface, really making sure that we're not, you know, offering up connectivity and, and services that uh, are really unnecessary from that standpoint. So we have to think a little bit differently. Now, is it a, I want to get rid of kind of the existing constructs and use a different type of network plane and, and data plane, something like Aviatrix gives you? Is it, you know, an observability thing, uh, you know, network observability thing, like our pals over at Kentic, uh, then Thousand Eyes and a number of these other, you know, tools that are really about gathering the telemetry and giving you, you know, kind 
kind of a lot more about the the why things are happening as opposed mm-hmm. to just the what uh, is actually happening. I mean, there's just a lot of different ways. But, you know, I think the central point here is that it starts to get integrated into kind of these dev motions, right? You know, you're going to be programming your network. So it's going to run through a pipeline. We're going to be doing testing on it. We're going to, you know, kind of have uh, at least some measure of scrutiny from a security policy standpoint before you start changing things and and, and deploying uh, new stuff. And again, for network engineers, that's going to be a significant change in terms of how they have to do things. So are our devs the new network engineers? I don't think so. Right. But our network engineers, as you kind of said years ago, right, you better get pretty good at Python because you're going to be programming your networks in the future, not, you know, plugging them in, uh, you know, using patch cables and and, and the like. Um, remember patch cables, man? Oh, the good old days. Uh, the good old days. Yeah, you know, <laughs> when you're like, oh, that port's, you know, kind of uh, out, you just know, satisfying was... connecting those devices. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, so it really it, it, it's going to require this evolution. And I think a lot of folks like they Again, like when we went from, you know, token ring to Ethernet, you know, back in the day, there were a lot of folks that uh, did I date myself with that one? But there were a lot of folks. No, I just that, had a little pain in my side when you said that's token ring, but that's a different. different now, that's age, Mitch. That's, that's nothing to do oh, with token okay. ring. Thank you. I'll see my doctor about that. So, you know, there's initially there was resistance to that. There was resistance to folks using a graphical interface to configure your networks, mm-hmm. right, as opposed to the command line. Well, we're again, the pendulum swinging back and forth like. We're using the command line, but we're programming towards it, right? So, so again, pendulum swings back and forth. But ultimately, the thing that really resonates here is that there are going to be significant changes in how networks get built in this new, um, you know, this new world. Yeah, you know, we talk about paradigm changes, right? And and it's never, rarely is it a here's a which is completely different than B, and now A never doesn't apply anymore. I think it's more of an evolution in this case, and it. To me, the two big trends that have in, are influencing how we think about networking. First of all, because you brought a cloud native, and we're talking about that in terms of networking, the the software, the applications, the infrastructure—they aren't this big blobs of things that do stuff and have APIs on the outside that manage ingress and egress to them like a network would. You know, we had APIs to kind of control the hard outer of the application, right? And what happens inside, nobody saw. Now with microservices and service mesh, it's all APIs and a lot of it is exposed. So what used to be kind of libraries and linked code and all those kind of internal um, RPC communications and all that kind of stuff, is, is really now APIs going through an API gateway that might be managed by a Kubernetes cluster or clusters. And it's a network inside the application. And I think that's, it isn't something you can easily put your arms around because the other thing that's happening is it's not static. It's not this quarter we're releasing this, right? right? Maybe you are in some environments, there are those, but you know, we're, we're moving to and doing more semi or, or uh, regular continuous delivery. And so the network's changing underneath it because also the stack, the Terraform code, the cloud environment, the all you know, the vendors are upgrading stuff. It's a moving target. It's not like the days where we could rack them, stack them. We know what version of, <laughs> of Cisco right. OS we're running right. or whatever OS. It's it's a very much a moving target. And I think that sometimes can be a big head fake to folks to really like, okay. 
this is this that is different to know how, how do I think about things in this environment? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, I've seen a couple of different deployment models there. One is, you know, again, in what you described could be framed as anarchy, right, to these folks, because <laughs> sure, again, they're, yeah. they're, they're building different things. You know, there's a network happening, there's service mesh, there's sidecars, there's, you know, a bunch of different mechanisms to, uh, again, you know, kind of manage operate and and monitor um you know kind of the connectivity that happens with these application structures and then you have the folks that um uh, let's call them the nostalgians right <laughs> so the nostalgians build a walled garden that looks an awful lot like their data center in the cloud right and and you know they've got this and they use the same IP addressing scheme and they have, you know, again, all the same, you know, kind of traffic flows and, you know, they don't use the term transit networking, right? They call it hybrid and they've got, you know, kind of their big firewalls on both ends of them. And Lord knows what it costs to run a friggin', you know, huge firewall on a cloud <laughs> instance. I mean, you know, you're just like, really? really? That, you're going to do that way? Okay. Um, you know, because that's what they're comfortable with, right? That's what they understand. They're, most of their world still resides within this on-prem environment, and they're really extending to cloud as opposed to rethinking what cloud looks like and then leveraging a transit infrastructure in order to get access to the resources that you need uh, on-prem. So, and again, we're kind of in this weird, you know, kind of time frame where we're still trying to figure it out. The best practices aren't really defined at this point, um, which means, you know, again, everything continues to be you know up for grabs but what will be interesting is we still got to do a couple things right we got to offer connectivity to the resources that we need many of which are not in kind of the traditional data center so we've got to include SaaS. we've got to include PaaS services a lot of folks are embracing a lot of these managed data platforms your snowflake and your you know data bricks uh and the like uh, and we've got to figure out how we're going to monitor what's happening right because at the end of the day the application people have applications problems, it's really easy to blame the infrastructure folks, whether it's the workload folks, whether it's the identity folks or the network folks. And you as a networking person better have your act together to go, not me, right? And here's why, here's why I'm telling you, not me, right? You know, kind of it's a problem in your application, not me, right? And you have to be able to have that level of understanding and situational awareness within your environment to be able to definitively in a data centric way prove that you know what you know connectivity is fine throughput is fine latency is fine yes we have problems with the application but it ain't me right and i think that that level of you know understanding just isn't there yet so we've got a lot of work to do but again it's very exciting from the standpoint of being able to build out the network that the application needs as opposed to the network that we have. And when we were growing up, we built the applications and the infrastructure on top of the network that we had, not the network that the application needed. And we made all sorts of compromises that we don't have to do. Absolutely. Anymore. You know, it, it's, it's, it's almost like thinking about the network as a platform, right? It, it, it's, it's something that you're managing as something that you're monitoring is something that you've got telemetry and data, maybe even using open telemetry or moving to that. Um, in a, in a significant way, and you're it isn't a change control process; it's a change flow process, right? Because it's continually changing based on your applications, customers, business type needs, and you know it it may be tied to one cloud in your private data center, maybe tied to multiple clouds. So you know there are products to go across 
clouds. There's things that you do within these cloud providers that are unique to them, but you try to find consistent ways to at least manage it. So it's, so it's not anarchy in every cloud, if you will. But I, I think that's the biggest thing is thinking about it not as this static object and not a static that never changes, but static that I have a ultimate control over what I put into my data center. Mm, not so much developers and platform engineers and SREs and, and security engineers and operations uh, folks, engineers, et cetera, are going to go out and do things that right. you're not going to know about. That's right. right? That's right. And, and it's really about being able to be flexible, right? And adaptable to, you know, getting what the needs of the application are at any given time. Right. So that's interesting. You know, again, we could sit and chat about this forever, right? I'm an old networking guy. I grew up, you know, kind of doing this stuff. I know, <laughs> you know, you did as well. So it is really just fascinating to, you know, see the evolution of this and how the practice, you know, continues to evolve. So I'm excited, but I got excited by cloud, right? I got excited by a lot of these things because it does provide a lot more uh, granularity and capability uh, relative to what it is that we can do. So, you, you know, keep keep an eye out on a lot of these technologies. We're doing some research on that. So you will see that, you know, kind of showing up in some way, shape or form um, in the, uh, you know, relatively near term. Um, and, uh, and, and that's what I got, uh, on that Mitch and any other kind of thoughts you have things, things in your craw. About, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, what's what's bothering me this week? No, I don't, I've had a good week, so I guess I don't have anything to, to complain about. I, well, I shouldn't anyway, but you know, well, so. well, what I do want to talk about next week, right? So one, we're all getting together, you know, we're having a big tech strong exec meeting, you know, early next week. So I'm excited to, to see everybody. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but I do want to dig in. To, so we'll get to do a little, you know, a little preview. Um, but, you know, you and, and Vizard had a, a conversation about AI and security. And I want to dig into that because, you know, one, that's going to be something that we talk about at TechStrongCon. So TechStrongCon on March 16th, I am going to be hosting a panel focusing specifically on AI uh, in security. So so I um, obviously want to pick your brain a little bit. But as this is our research meeting, right, I may as well pick your brain in front of everybody else. So, so I think we'll talk about that next week because, uh, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, aspects, a lot of threads to pull uh, and really a lot of nonsense to to wade through right now. There's just a lot of nonsense about, you know, kind of AI and where it fits into to everything. There is there, there's well, we could do it exactly. We'd hold the show because I have a lot of <laughs> views on, on this. That. Yeah. And I want to pick your brains on because I, I have a cloud native session at uh, TechStrongCon as well. and. Um, you know, I think the we always rush to the it's going to replace humans part of it or replace what we do. And there are times robotics and things like that do do have productivity gains. But I think if we if we push AI to the right kind of problems, it could make a massive improvement in help right. developers and help yeah. managing these environments and change. There's a lot of great things we could do with it um, if we don't you know get too concerned about the robot overloads going to take us enslave us and you know, put us to work in uh, the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's coming, but we'll, we won't know that it happened. That's, Hopefully we're that's not the here. whole thing about the matrix. You don't know you were in the matrix. We won't know. Yeah. We'll be happily at our desk, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so good. All right. So with that, we'll wrap up. 
We will see everybody next week. We're going to talk a little bit about AI and security next week. Um, remember, register for TechStrongCon. So March 16th, uh, do that now. We've got a whole mess of, of cool you know, webinars and webcasts. So check out TechStrong Learning to figure out what's happening there. Uh, and a number of the research documents that we've been working on, both pulse meters and surveys, are going to be showing up on the research site. Uh, in the near term, if I can get 15 minutes to tell our web folks where it needs to go and what it needs to say, which has been problematic. Uh, but things are moving along, right? We are we are making progress. So so keep an eye on it. Appreciate everybody uh listening. And uh Mitch, if no other further things, we can we can wrap everything up. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in and please join us. Reach out to us at info at techstrongresearch.com. And visit the site as well. A lot of great stuff there already. So even more to come. And TechStrong TV, where we appear here. So TechStrong.tv. All right. We'll see everybody later on. Have a great week. Take care.